Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And for one more glorious week, be I more. am... There's going to be more, one so more. you can stop. I'm your host, Joe. Yes, welcome. We're here today to talk about episode 512, entitled Never My Love. How many more episodes are left in the season? Final episode, you know it. Final episode! Yes. I feel like that's a really inappropriate celebratory noise to make. Final episode! About this particular episode, which was horrific and traumatizing. So that noise is like, there's a major discrepancy between the joy of that noise and the the topic of this episode. It's a, it's a contrast, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, a, that's all we're right. Gonna, we're going to get into it. So, t- never mind cold open this episode took a whole it was it's next level it doesn't even have a previously on outlander it just has the different scenes leading up to claire's abduction Mm -hmm. with kind of creepy horror music in in the background yeah and then it just goes right into claire in a in a bad bad situation with which i mean book readers knew was coming but um it was it was still hard because they they thrust you right in there oh, pardon mm, the pun yeah as um way trouble for the horn yeah you <laughs> and i'm making and i'm making puns uh side note sometimes when i get uncomfortable or if it's like really an inappropriate time to laugh I do laugh, so I might be giggly, but it's only because this episode really, truly upset me. Like, I've dreamt about it the last two... I watched it twice. I dreamt about it both nights. Wait, have I only slept one night since? Hard to say. Hard to say. It's all a blur. But um, it definitely stuck with me. I want to talk about the fact that there was no opening credits, though, because when we watched... Outlander last week remember you pointed out you said oh we've seen every single shot in the opening credits was there no opening credits they didn't show the opening credits at all I missed that so and I think you know they did that because they'd already shown they they I think that they made a conscious decision not to show any clips from this episode because they couldn't really they couldn't show what happened to Claire they couldn't show Roger and Brianna right so that's why the entire opening credit was just scenes from episode 1 to 11, right. which I thought was interesting. So this episode was written by Tony Graffia and Matthew B. Roberts. They have the heavy hitters here. Um, I mean, so to speak, you know, these aren't my favorite writers on the show, that's for sure. No, no, especially not Matthew B. Roberts. No. Tony Graffia, though, you have liked some episodes yeah. that she has written. Yeah. And it was directed by Jamie Payne. So, and this is a male director who's done a lot of episodes of Outlander, particularly this season. I was a bit surprised it wasn't a female director, but apparently um, I've watched lots of interviews with him and Katrina Balfe, and it was a very collaborative set, and they made sure that everyone was comfortable. He probably had a a level of comfort with the actors. because yeah, for sure. Right. And I mean... There, I, I had, shocker, I had some problems with this episode, you but, yeah. but uh, I'll say that the problems that I had weren't due necessarily to the direction. I thought that the parts of the episode that were strong were very strong. And, and directed in a really cool way. And if this episode had been episode, say, nine, mm-hmm. I probably really would have liked it. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay, well, we'll get into that. So we started off this episode, and I had already spoiled to you because I've read this portion of the book, of book six, and so you knew what was coming as well. And you were kind of groaning at the beginning and you said, I wrote it down. You said, I'm just, it's just that I'm not into rape. I'm not really a rapey kind of guy. <laughs> that's how we started the episode. I mean, hopefully that's like a worldwide feeling. It's not but yeah, though, but I, yeah. I've, I've never, I've never, this isn't what I go to for no, my entertainment. It was, it was disturbing and yeah. that is not your cup of tea. Um, so no title card even. It begins with just that song, sort of the haunting song, I've never heard it before, called Never My Love. Mm -hmm. I thought the house was a 1970s style house. Apparently it was late 60s. Okay. Late 60s. Bridging the gap. Yeah. So, um, and you see Claire's hand. She's wearing a beautiful red dress. It looked, the dress actually seemed to me like a nod to the dress she wore in France, that really low-cut red dress. It was the same color. Maybe. Um, there were a lot of nods in this episode. There was a ton of Easter eggs, I including missed. one of the first things you see is an orange. Right. Which was very significant in the episode of Faith, in yeah. where, where her child, where her baby dies, which you refused to watch that episode. Um, I'm also not here for... Dead babies. You're not. Yeah. You're not here for rape or dead babies. That's right. So Outlander is a, a tough sell for you. Yeah, at the best of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing that was really um, sort of interesting and exciting to me because I this show has completely thrown me off because they're taking things from books that I haven't read is I realized we were you know in the future and that it was Claire but it was older Claire. So I had a moment and I don't know if you did too where I thought oh my God she goes back. Yeah, because for she's sure. sitting there. Well, and that's I think where they're like I don't know. Did this? You probably don't either. Uh, did this sort of like dream sequence happen in the books? It didn't. It did not. It didn't. So, so they did a lot of research, and apparently, something that does happen to victims um, is that they, when victims of assault um, or violence, they go to a different place. Like right. they leave their body. So they all agreed because Katrina Bolf is a producer on this now. So they all agreed that that would be a way of sort of revealing the violence that happened to her. She keeps going to this place and escaping. No, it was a really, I thought it was actually a really interesting mechanic. Um, And unlike some of the other seriously fumbled interesting mechanics earlier in the season, uh, most notably Rich... uh, I said Richard, but uh, Roger. Rogers hanging, mm-hmm. uh, brutal. Uh, the uh, th- this was really good. Like it, was. it looked super cool, and it, there was a bit of a you know like a almost a bait and switch. Yeah, where you're like, oh, is this uh, yeah, are we flashing back, flashing forward? Like, yeah, we, is this like lost now? Like, well, and it shows. Uh, there's a whole but it showed a vase. Do you know the significance of a vase to Claire? No, I, you had to basically. There was a lot of pausing where you had to be like oh that's this and that's that what i will say is i'm going to guarantee that there were a lot of even show watchers of this Mm -hmm. show that Mm -hmm. didn't read the books that were spectacularly lost uh in this episode because like it's a lot of minutiae a lot of really minute details that uh you know, I mean, I've watched a lot of these episodes, and and when you explained to me what they were, I was like, oh yeah, okay. But but I feel like if anyone who's watching this show that maybe isn't a 
you know, book lover mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, didn't have a Megan sitting beside them to pause and explain the significance of whatever. I mean, doesn't everyone want a Megan sitting beside them oh. to explain things? It's beautiful. <laughs> doesn't that That's, sound delightful? Doesn't sound <laughs> delightful? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like they would have been spectacularly lost or maybe, maybe not spectacularly lost, but they wouldn't have understood all these obvious references. Like there was a lot of, you know, like they showed that vase like four times. It's like, it obviously means something. I have no idea what still, but whatever. Well, the pilot episode, the yeah. very first time we see oh, Claire. Oh, she's looking in the window She's looking the in the window at a vase and she says she has a moment. This is right before she falls back in time. Right. She has a moment where she realizes because her life has been so upended so many times, you know, she was, her parents died and then she lived with her uncle and traveled all around and... Then she married Frank, but then there was the war. She'd never had a home with a vase. So a a vase, to Claire, represents a home. She didn't have one. So we have that scene. And then when she goes back in time, marries Jamie, falls in love with him. They go to Lollybrock. In the episode of Lollybrock, she's standing there and someone comes and brings her a vase with flowers right. in it. So it's really significant. And then in the... That's like a deep dive. And then the in the Paris episodes, right. when things are really... Um, when she and Jamie are really struggling because he's recovering from blackjack and she feels like they are far apart and not connecting and they get in a fight and a vase breaks <gasps> because they're struggling. That's symbolicism. Anyhow, the vase is important and the fact right. that Claire is sitting there and she's looking... Like, it's obviously her house, and there's a vase, so it's her home. And she's looking at a picture, which is sort of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's Fraser's Ridge. Oh, yeah, it's almost like an impressionistic. An impressionistic, yes. Really, you know, abstract kind of version. Abstract is the word that Uh, I was looking for. Now, some Uh, people felt like it looked like it was on fire. I didn't think that it looked like it was on fire. It's a super deep dive. But she's sitting there super calmly, and then you realize something you realize, no, no, this can't be, this isn't reality because Jamie walks in. Yeah, in, Jay Frey. In this 1960s, early right. 1970s house. And he's wearing his, he's all like Scottished up. He's wearing a, like a his man blouse and he's, he's all tousled and stuff. And he has, and he has bangs like he yeah. did when they first met. His season hair is actually Jamie. shorter. And yeah, it's very season. It's season one Jamie. It hair, is season one. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we have, And then we're back to Claire. She's tied up against a tree and she is like really tied up like her hands and her, her, she's got a rope around her neck and she's she's got that, she's gagged and cut across her chest. Yeah. Yeah. And then we keep, she keeps having flashbacks to how she got to that state and they're all awful, right? It's just, I mean, the one thing that I will say, and I I would think that you would appreciate this is that Mm. she was playing it smart. So they showed, you know, that that one kind man, Tebby, was scared of her. He wasn't kind. He was terrified of her. Well, he gave her food. Yeah, but he He was like... He didn't hurt her. But he gave her food because he was like, remember when you call your demons that Tebby was nice to you. He wasn't wasn't a nice man. He was terrified of her. And he was just trying to, like, buy his own life by being nice to her. Okay. Well, compared to the other men in this episode, Tebby was kind. Comparatively speaking. But I thought that you would appreciate that Claire was very much like... Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell my fairies to protect you. She yeah. said, when we cross the water, Just let me go, baby. you take me and let me go. And yeah. if you do that, I won't my I won't use my witch powers on you. Like yeah. she is totally. And Tebby for was it. like, I'm down. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But then 
And then we never saw Tebby again after that. We didn't. I no. don't know. Dead or alive. Maybe he was in the corpse pile, but I, I didn't see him. I didn't see him either. Um, but that's when it gets really bad. And, and they keep showing that long-haired man. Because Claire, first yeah. of all, at one point when she's getting beaten up, she screams, you fucking bastard. Mm-hmm. And you just see him kind of looking at her. And then she says, Jesus H. Roosevelt, Christ. And that's when he... Again, the dumbest line in this whole show. Well, you can tell he's he's onto her. Yeah, for sure. It's like when thing, bad things are happening to you, nobody has time for that many syllables. Like, anyway, whatever. You were saying, Wendigo? What about him? remembering the name thank you well one of our one of our faithful loinies wrote it on the wall not long ago oh on our facebook page so so you know who you are yeah (laughs) so we're back to her being um tied up and the long-haired man comes over and you were really struggling with this scene because he's speaking with sort of a faux Irish accent yeah, I and mumbling. I don't know if it was just the way the sound was mixed in this episode or what, but I was having like real troubles understanding a lot of the people. And there was a scene with, with him, with Wendigo, and then there was another... There's a scene later on with Jamie where he's talking. And, and that to... was a significant... See, right. it, it was such a shame. And again, good thing Megan was sitting beside you to pause good it. Thing. Because the he, the guy was making references to the man on the moon. And then he said, um, does the name Ringo Starr mean anything to you? Yeah. And she said, he's the drummer. He's a drummer, yeah. And And he said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. He said, as soon as... He's like, I can tell because you're not afraid of men around here. And he's like, and a woman of this time should be, and you should be. And he said, and I knew that whoever wrote that Dr. Rawlings stuff yeah. was from the future. Yeah. Um, but he he says, well, he's upset because he came, he he traveled with Ottertooth. Ottertooth, yeah. And he says, you know Bob? And he suddenly seemed like real 1960s yeah. or 70s. Which is interesting because, I mean, maybe you knew this in the book already, but I didn't realize that Ottertooth... Or did Audrey come with a bunch of his students? He did did he we came. know that? Yeah, we did. We yeah. did know that. Sorry, now that I say it out loud. So, and she says, he's dead. And you can see this guy's like, I have got to get it. Because she said, you need to set me free. And he's like, I can't because these guys are crazy. Right. They're crazy. And I need to go back to my own time. Well, I kind of want to know the story there. Like, why is... Why is Wendigo and Ottertooth, why are they not together? Like, how'd they get split up in the first place? Like, they never really talk about yeah, that. Yeah, well, like, he doesn't even know where he is or how he died. And when yeah. she said the Mohawk killed him, he said, what? Yeah. He came here to save them. Yeah. yeah. Rough, rough go for Ottertooth. So he obviously never made it to the Mohawk. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. Or if we'll learn. Yeah, it's the only interesting part of this, this episode. But again, Claire is smart. And she says, because he's like, I don't have gemstones. And she said, I have gemstones and I know where the stone circles are. Take me right now and I'll right. show you. Like she's doing everything that she absolutely can. Um, and then and then he says, uh, well, I can't right now, but maybe later. And then he gags her again because Lionel says, what are you doing over there? Yeah. And he's like, just making sure she's good and tight. We skipped the part where after reading the crap out of her and gagging her the first time, then she was originally sitting by the fire with Lionel right. and the rest of them. Just. And the look. Oh, just like I murdering Lionel and, you know, classic Claire. It's like always. Like, just look down. Right. Like, like just look literally down. Literally anywhere but the direction you're looking. 
And she is like really like she right. amazing eye acting from She's got great eye <laughs> acting, yeah. Even and then is that when he comes up and he just like yeah. punches her right in the face and then they're dragging away and she's still like upwards oh, eye yeah. she is. deviling she, him. Yeah, like Yeah. You no, know, that was great. But this great scene really made me feel so claustrophobic because in the book, and I don't know if it was as clear in the show, but in the book the problem is they gag her so she can't breathe out of her mouth, but then he punches her in the nose and breaks her nose so she can't breathe out of her nose either. Yeah, it's not clear in the... I mean, it's not totally... Like, I got it as soon as you told me about it, but I'm not sure if I would have really... Understood what understood. the issue was. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So then she has a flashback to Jamie and he puts his kilt around her. And it's so interesting because watching it the second time... Everything that Jamie said in that 1960s house Mm -hmm. are things that he said to her before. There wasn't, as far as I can see, like very few things that he said he hasn't already said in past seasons. So one of the first things he ever said to her when Dougal put her on the horse in that first pilot episode, she's so cold and of course she doesn't want his help and he's trying to put his... Um, kilt around her because they have this long ride ahead and she's like I don't need it and he said you're shaking so hard you're making my teeth chatter right and that's what he says to her as he puts his right. cloak around her in that scene yeah you had to rewind three times before I could understand you were that like, what like, what the fuck what is he saying say? what yeah. I'm like Joe this is it's so romantic super it's like, whatever. romantic rewind play rewind play was it, it was a sweet it was a sweet moment and um they they also start, you know, all of her other family members who she loves because this is her home. We know that, you know, Marsley shows up, Fergus shows up and he does not. He has both his arms. Two hand, yep. two hand of Fergus. Yeah. I loved all this stuff. Like, I loved how they all look like my boy Murtaugh was there, like looking like the silver fox he is like, man. Yes. I aspire to look like that. Well, so like, does Duncan Lacroix. Apparently he loved the outfit because they um i read this long interview with a with the costume designer and she said um duncan lacroix was the biggest fan of his stylish 70s inspired jacket because um she made it so it was kind of offbeat because he's a nonconformist and she wanted him not quite to look like a regular sort of older man so she gave him that great color and apparently duncan duncan lacroix just loved it like yeah, it, and joe cast is not blind so fergus has his hand yeah. Murta's not dead cast is not blind joe cast is not blind and she's married to Murta. has that dyed hair still her hair looks great great looking she's, hair. and she's wearing like a really sort of chic bohemian dress everyone's yeah. laughing and happy germaine is there with marcelie mm-hmm. who how great does lauren lyle look she dressed up in this era yeah it's great late 70s look is this young ian is he there young ian shows up and it's it's funny because they made it so that everyone is there's there's always something a little bit off about each one of them right mm-hmm. like Fergus shouldn't have both of his hands, and obviously uh, Murta is dead. Jocasta is not blind, but young Ian's uniform, for example, the metal ribbons were made out of the Indian wampum beads. I thought they looked. I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't catch it, but yeah, uh, yeah, they looked. I, I knew there was something weird going on with his the the stuff on his uniform. So, so there was a lot of thought that went into the costuming and apparently even um Jay Frey, even though he was wearing, you know, very similar to uh, clothes very similar to what she's used to seeing him in, they made the pants out of denim. 
So it's oh, really? the same style as she's used to seeing him, like their jeans. but they're they're made out of denim, and That's the boots are. And he they they made his shirt just a little more fitted, just to kind of blend him in a bit. But he right. stands out more than the rest of them. For sure, he does. Yeah, it's just on a side note. It's interesting that this season is the season that Tony Tony Graffia, who was the costume designer, Ronald D. Moore's wife. No, no, no that not Tony Graffia. Terry. Sorry, Jasper. not Tony yeah. Graffia. I'm yeah. sorry. They both Terry Jasper. Tea. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she left the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and arguably was is probably one of the driving forces that got the show Absolutely. made in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like the costumes are better. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was some, just... there's been some good costumes in the show, but I, I think they're better this year. They're pretty amazing. Well, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Terry Dressback had a major, obviously, hand in who they. Oh in, yeah, in yeah. Who this went to? No, next. I'm sure she's proud of it. Like I, oh, I doubt absolutely. she's upset about. Like, she's it. She's been very supportive of the person. I can't remember her name, but. She's yeah. been very supportive of the person who took over. But yeah, just stylistically, the way that those scenes looked, but they did such a good job at, you'd be watching it. And even that scene where he puts the kilt around her and it's so romantic and he says what he said to her when they first met and the music's playing, but then she looks out the window and it's Lionel Brown. Right. Like kind of hovering in the window. Yeah. Um. Great casting again on Lionel, the oh. Lionel Brown because... This character just, he just couldn't look more despicable. He's so disgusting. He's such a nightmare to look at. Yeah. Um, So, after, after Windigo Donner leaves her, Lionel Brown brings his nephew over. And this is where it gets even darker because this kid is quite young. um, But yeah, quite eager. I mean, yeah. Anyway, it's it... just disgusting. So the the nephew rapes her. It's really fast, and then Lionel Brown does, mm-hmm. um, and that's disgusting. Side note: in the interview with uh, Jamie Payne, the director, and Katrina Balf that I watched, she said that. Um, it was actually harder for the male actors in this scene, which I guess must mean Lionel Brown, which is crazy to me because I cannot imagine him being anything awful, but he was really uncomfortable playing this particular scene. Like they yeah. were trying to be as careful as possible and they were uncomfortable. And I'm like, I can't even imagine this actor being uncomfortable because to me, he's, he's just so this evil, horrible, yeah. awful person. Yeah. But um, it was, this was uncomfortable for everyone to shoot. So that's, that's good for humanity. Um, and then she flashes to the dinner table and they're all, and, and Jamie stands up and does a toast, but what the words that he says, bone of my bone and flesh, those are his wedding vows to her. So everything that's coming, like nothing's quite right. Do you know what I mean? And then she looks over at the two empty chairs of Roger and Brianna, where Roger and Brianna are supposed to be. Yeah. And she can see like... She's stressed about it because mm. she's worried about them. This is her subconscious. And did you notice? Maybe you didn't. Claire doesn't speak ever. All the other ones are, all the other characters in her family are laughing and... I didn't really notice. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. She doesn't she speak. She doesn't, but I didn't really notice at the time. Because she's gagged. Is this also before Lionel Brown called all the rest of his men over or as many that wanted? So it, it jumps in and out. Right. Um... But we forgot to point out that one of the things that you noticed, kudos to you, was that yeah. that do you remember what the little boy is yeah, playing he's with? Playing with the, the said, dragonfly. Is that a dragonfly? 
Yeah. And I said, on yes, a piece it. of on a piece of amber. So you. Uh, I picked that you one out of the air. Picking. You had no you... idea. You didn't even. You're like, oh my god, That's not I true. missed that. Of course, I noticed. She I did. had noticed that, obviously. Um, but every time, you know, she kind of falls into the. She's surrounding herself with the people who love her, right? She's protecting herself, um, and every time it seems like really sweet or a nice moment, she'll look up and like. Do you remember, like, the roof, the roof will leaking. be leaking? Like, or she'll or... look out the window and Lionel will be there. Or even when Jamie was doing that toast. Yeah, Lionel, like, reaches. I know. He, like, leans Suddenly in his and... face is there. And this is, like, this is a really cool way to depict this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all, by the way, if I haven't mentioned already, uh, it all looked awesome. Looked incredible. Like, like I love the way that it looked. I love the way that the set was, like, this house that they're in. Uh, whether it was an actual house or a set, like it looked super cool and, and the decor, the costumes, but also the way it was shot, like in that, in a sort of like a weird acid trip, like the camera's mm-hmm. never quite stable. And, you know, there it's like almost sort of like pseudo slow mo kind of dream sequence yeah. Um It looked cool. It looked really good. It did. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about when the doorbell rings. Because mm-hmm. she's obviously stressed about Roger and Brianna and Jemmy leaving. Right. So the doorbell rings and it's policemen, but right. it's the two, it's yeah. Lionel and... I don't know who the other guy was. I didn't get a good enough look at him, but yeah. I think it was that blonde hair guy that had the raccoon tail. Like who Maybe was... like the guy with the headband? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was coat. him. And they said that Roger, Brianna and Jemmy have died in a car accident. So a couple things about this. Number one... I feel like that is a reference to the fact that Frank died in a car accident. Maybe. And number sure. two, I was like, Does it, is that going to happen? Or number three, is it just that she doesn't know if they're safe? Right. Like that I they think, went on this, they went traveling. I think it was the last one. Yeah. You do? It was just sort of like worst fears. But I feel like it's a reference to Frank. Now, some people thought it was bizarre that Frank wasn't in this scene because she's surrounding herself with people... Who yeah, have been important to her, and they think that it's because they couldn't get Tobias Menzies, which is probably part of it. But I also feel like it would have made her uncomfortable if he was there. She's surrounding herself in a, an environment, yeah. Which she's which is her safe environment, and I don't know that Frank was ever safe and steady for her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. It would have seen. I I could have imagined them putting in there, but it would have seemed a little off to me, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll take any chance to get Tobias Menzies. Oh, me too. Yeah. So, and then this is really cool when she learns that Roger, Brianna, and Jemmy have died in the car accident. And I don't know if she's on some sort of moving sidewalk, but she floats backwards and all the rest of the characters slowly walk to the door, mm-hmm. which is maybe symbolic of them all coming to save her. I don't know. It's a lot of deep symbolism going on here theoretically yeah um and then she's lying there again i think this is when lionel says they call her the hedge whore yeah who's next and then she i i don't know if this was the moment but there's also like a bunny involved and do you remember when jamie was lying in the battle of the Culloden bunny, the great bunny of and he looked yeah. over <laughs> and brianna's favorite toy was a stuffed bunny like bunnies are significant it's a big bunny 
big episode, yeah. yeah. So she saw the the bunny, like right. lots and lots of. But you rec- you knew what the bunny was when she looked over, right? I mean, I didn't know what the bunny was the first time I saw it mm-hmm. in Culloden, so I didn't really. I don't know. Well, I don't think was... a lot of people knew at that point, but then they explained right. it, and then they they okay. doubled up on the bunny, right? Um. So then we see leaves. Yeah. And then you realized. Uh, We're going to Roger and Bree. Yeah. And I, I made note at this scene that you were talking a lot. I you was? were talking a lot. What was I saying? You were annoyed. Because <laughs> they look right. up and, of course, they see Ian. Ugh, what a pisser. And you said, logically, I guess it makes sense. And you said, you were right. But you said, what a piece of shit that is. Fuck you, fucklander. That's a quote, everyone. That's what I said. Talk yeah. about... Being delightful yep. to sippy side. Fuck you, fucklander. That's what he then, said. He was so annoyed yeah. that they hadn't actually traveled. Yeah. What? Like, this is where it all just... This whole episode just took a left turn for me from here on in. Because it was so... Just disappointing for so many reasons. And then... Like, up till now, I haven't really said much about the episode. But it's... I mean, uh, basically what I told Megan at the end of this episode is that I feel like this episode is the worst finale of a TV series season I've ever seen in my life. And not because the episode of its, of the show itself was bad, but because I don't, it makes no sense as a, as a finale. It's basically just a tacked on episode at the end of the season with where they completely undo last episode which could have very well been the finale yeah like it it would have this almost this episode almost would have made more sense as the as the premiere of season one or mm-hmm. of, of next season mm-hmm. it makes almost especially with roger brianna not going anywhere it makes no sense as a finale it's i, I don't get it i don't understand why they would do it, it it's they basically like fuck us over for all of last episode like what a waste of everyone's time all the goodbyes all the the goodbyes and i mean not even everyone like me you and and the people that watched it but like money and time and actors and scripts and sets it's like it's (laughs) it was there was no purpose to it whatsoever i mean i loved it because i thought they were traveling through time i was so excited like what a waste like eventually they're going to travel through time again and no one's going to give a shit if they do, because I will. it's like, I'll care. well, of course, but it'll yep. be like, oh, well, are they going to travel through time again? You know, like it's, it's like they, they took their, the greatest mechanic in this whole series and basically just turned it into like a just kidding. Shit set piece. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it's like a, now it's like a gag almost like it's, I don't know. It makes no sense. And, and like to then just, you know, tack on this, you know, the, the Brown abduction, yeah. At the end, which is basically, like I said, if this had been an episode nine or something, that's mm-hmm. great. But, but it was almost like a, it was like a contained, it was a bottle episode almost into itself. Like it started with a problem and at the end they were back. Like it was, it was like, like an episode of CSI. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's, it, 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 they didn't wrap up anything in the season. It had nothing to do with the arc of the season pretty much whatsoever. Well, it does. It does. Because the, okay. I think what they were trying to do with the fake out was align the show characters of Roger and Brianna with the book characters. Because in the book, although Roger has been through 
an awful lot. He doesn't, he, he's not quite, I think there's always a pull, but he's not, and maybe this is the way Richard Rankin was playing it, but he's not as like, we have to go back, we have to go back, we have to go back. Right. And I think now Roger and Brianna feel like they belong there. So they're there to stay. And I think that also they needed them. Remember I said, Roger and Brianna had to be at the ridge when Claire returns because to lose your daughter, your son-in-law, and your only grandchild, and then to have that horrible experience, you'd be tempted to say peace out and head back to your own time. I mean, Jay Frey's great, but that's a lot for one person to take. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then what they're trying to do is correct a season's worth of mistakes. Because they Well, and could... I think they are trying to do that. Season four was no. a huge, huge mistake. I'm talking season five. Because they it, it all it would have taken was a couple casual lines across the course of season five to make Roger seem comfortable in this time. They didn't need a whole fucking episode where he where they fake travel through time. Yeah. Like like they didn't it was it couldn't have been less necessary. It made no sense whatsoever. And it also, it's, I don't know, it's just like they dropped the ball so hard on the end of this season. And I mean, it wasn't like, it, this season was probably the best season mm-hmm. since season one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, you haven't seen season two. We'll watch it and recap I saw it. the first half. Okay. That was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I can tell you that this is like, as far as episodes, like this is the best since season one. Um, and I just, I couldn't believe how the last like three episodes mm-hmm. just completely... Like, why did the first... Well, how many are there in the season? There's 12. 12. Like, why did the first nine even exist? You know what I mean? Like, it's like it was nine episodes of filler, and then a bunch of shit in a row at the end. And but I don't it know. wasn't filler, because we were introduced to Brownsville in the first few episodes. You know, we had... Exactly. So... In the, I mean, the first the first episode of the season, I will agree. That was... That was yeah. ridiculous. Well, but... there was a sex touch. Yeah, to have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, whatever. We're way, we way are. off okay. track. Here. So um, they, Roger, Brianna, Young Ian, and Jemmy are all heading back. Mm-hmm. And this is where the I get... The quickest horses in the world. Really confused because in the last episode, Jamie told Claire that it was going to take them two weeks to get to the stones. That's right. They're back. They're, they are clip-clopping back mm-hmm. and they say we should stop and camp. So to me, that's the first night. Yeah. And they look over and they see the fiery cross. Right. Which means Jamie has just lit it. Yes. Which doesn't make any sense. No, it does. Because all... Okay. So they are there when Jamie first goes and lights the cross. But then they get home so it the either, next morning. It means it either took Jamie two weeks to light that cross. Like he was jogging up that mountain for two weeks before he got to the top. Or... It had been lit for two weeks, and Jamie just didn't go anywhere. And he was like, okay, I'm just going to wait in case maybe she comes back on her own. Maybe it took a long time for people to answer his cross call. And he's like, I'm just going Maybe gonna... it was a few days? I don't know, but that... Uh, like, 14? Well, it wasn't 14, but I well, think that weeks? maybe Ian, Roger, and Brianna drove through the nights after seeing but the why, cross. Why would they, though? But the, the cross was... It was pretty close, uh, wasn't it? Was it? I close. know, I know. It's really... Like, again, this is it's more confusing. shit yeah. sandwich. You know, like, it was... It makes no sense whatsoever. Like, again, just a big... Did it make sense, though, to some people? It didn't make sense to me. Let us know. Or to it, you. It's, it's a big old bucket of stupid right to, to us me. Yeah. at loinlander at gmail.com or write um, on Facebook at Loinlander Podcast. Or Twitter. 
or Twitter at Loinlander. So one thing that we both did appreciate, though, is that when Brianna and Roger and Ian do return to the ridge, Jamie comes out and he just looks at them and Brianna's like, it didn't work. What's going on? Yeah, and it's end. like, okay. And they never so talk it. about it again. <laughs> like, the, oh, it didn't she work. She literally says, it didn't work. Where's, where's mama or whatever? Mama. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he just says, there's been an attack on the ridge. They've taken your mother and away they go. Yeah. I mean, we've so, been hanging around here for two weeks. We should probably leave. We should probably see if she's okay. You did say, because she said, I'm coming with you. And he said, no, it's too dangerous. And you were so annoyed because you're like, the only good shot yeah. on the entire ridge. And you're leave leaving her, her at, you're leaving her at yeah, home. They take the 12-year-old hunter kid. They take Roger, who can't fight his way out of a ponytail. Mm-hmm. And like they leave Bree behind. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Then we have Claire. She's, I mean, not doing well it's at this going, point. It's very bad for it's Claire. It's really bad, but it's the rescue. And right. I like the way they shot it because they shoot it actually upside down from her perspective. She yeah. just suddenly sees fire and a bunch of people running around. Again, I thought that looked really cool because you see, you just see these like sort of like flame bursts with there's like silhouettes and, you know, gun slow motion gunshots. That looked pretty cool. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, a compliment to the episode. <laughs> no, like I said, the problems with this episode weren't with the director. It's with the Story. awful show running decisions. Yeah. So um, that this scene was really upsetting because you realize she can't even call out to them. So they're all fighting. Young Ian, by the way, he's very handy to have. Oh, oh we him. didn't he's even like talk John about John Wick. He's like he's great. Crushing it. Yeah, yeah, throwing axes at people's oh. heads while. Stabbing yeah. other people at the same time. John Quincy is there, and oh, he's God. I love John Quincy. He's doing a really good job fuck too. With John Quincy. Even Roger, he, he's he's, he's holding his own. Jamie's shooting I mean, a bunch of people. Well, it's very important. Roger's quote unquote holding his right, own because like, we get into it. Yeah. yeah, he 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 kills the man. He does. He's, he he yeah. the guy, and it was in his. It was essentially self defense. Like that guy was going to kill him, and yeah, yeah, Roger. Oh, Fergus is there. Fergus is doing a pretty good job too for one handed. I didn't actually see him. But he's I assume doing, he was there. Yeah, he's doing really well. Oh, and no, I saw him. He, like, wood-handed some dude in the face. Yeah, he was doing really well. I forgot, really yeah, well. like, the wood fist of destruction. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jamie comes up to Claire. I thought Sam Hewen played this really well. He didn't overact it, but he took it all in, and he just said, you're alive and you're whole. So it's exactly what he said to Roger yeah. when Roger first opened his eyes yeah. after being hanged. Um, and then John Quincy and Fergus and Young Ian come up, and it's actually really... Did you notice that Fergus was crying? No. Fergus was, I mean, not like sobbing, but his eyes were like welled yeah. up looking at Milady. Um, and uh, John Quincy hands the knife to Claire. Because yeah. he's like, they're all tied up over there. There's a bunch of them alive. I can't remember what he said, but I loved it. Yeah, basically it was it was like, revenge is yours yeah. if you want it. Yeah. Well, because Jamie says, because he can tell what's happened. So he says, who was it and how many? And she says, I don't know. And he says, and this was one of my favorite lines from the book, kill them all. It's like, good for you, Jay Frey. Yeah. And I also noticed that when they were, when they had her tied up at the tree, you turned to me and you're like, what's their game plan? Don't they know that Jamie's going to come and kill them all? Yeah. And I like that he's gone from the king of knitting to you, yeah, so that to... you now know that this is not going to end well for these people. No. It wouldn't end as as it shouldn't. No. Yeah, and but I like that Jamie also still respectful of Claire, where he's like, she took an oath, she's not going to kill anybody. I know. And then he's like, 
and Ian's like, I'll kill him for you. Yeah. And Fergus is like, so will I. Yeah. And I think John Quincy maybe did too. I can't remember, but a lot of people, oh, Roger. A no, lot I, of people. I don't think Roger's no, there. Roger didn't? No, I don't someone, know where I Roger went after. Roger just leaves. It, it, he was, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, like a, a bunch of people basically volunteered to kill them all for Claire. Yeah. Which I thought was very And they did. Nice. And actually that scene they I had did. a bit of a hard time with because they lined them up and some of those men, they hadn't done anything. Well, you said that when we watched it, but I said no. They should they all Including that the same young fate. nephew, which obviously he did a horrible thing, but he was also like sixteen. Whatever. I they were all guilty in my opinion it's like if you enable that shit yeah you're just as agreed. guilty agreed you're just as guilty. agreed um so. but meanwhile you were so upset about the faux time travel like you Ugh. weren't getting over it and i said to you because i watched it before joe and i turned and i because he wasn't getting over it and i said i should have told you so that you could recover and you said i knew i knew in my heart i knew my heart knew that they were going to do that because oh, it's the it's like the the path of dumbest resistance so yeah of course they did that yeah um jamie takes her home they stop at a stream where she probably cleans herself up a little bit but it's really nice because i don't know if you noticed but she is wearing his kilt yeah you pointed it out yeah um so she has it around her um but she starts asking questions about because she wants to know if that person from the future she said yeah. she said he was like me and he says, and she says, and he didn't help me. Like, she's really upset. Because that is, like, an even worse betrayal. Yeah, yeah, Jamie's like, did he hurt you? And yeah. she's like, no, he didn't help me. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like he was going to. Something? Like, he... He's like, I can't do it now, but right. I'll... I mean, he didn't have to put the gag back in her fucking mouth. Yeah, like, I mean... She wanted him to, like, run into the forest and run away right now, which probably would have been... A terrible move mm-hmm. because she was beat half to death and well she wasn't that bad at that point i mean she's still, she wasn't good but it got a lot beat. worse i mean she's not tip top and she hadn't been raped at that point fair but not not in a great state mm-hmm. and he's like he's not some tracker he's a dude from like 1970s boston or something like he's yeah. not he's not finding his way through the forest in the dark probably yeah. You know, like he's just, he's, he's just like Roger with better hair, right? Yeah. Like, like, so what's he going to do? So he was probably just trying to figure out what to do. So it's interesting. Maybe the book readers know what. Yeah. Maybe he's a bad guy, but he didn't come off that, that bad in this. I mean, but except not, again, enabling yeah. bad, but like, like he didn't. I mean, he was letting them beat the shit out of her. Yeah. No bad. And he just watched. Right. That's and not he good. came to abduct her. He was there for the abduction. No, that's fair. Okay, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, bad. So, so in that case, we'll see. We'll yeah, see what happens. Yeah, bad. No, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad for sure. Um, while they're at the stream, Jamie says, "Because the first thing she asks is, is Marsley okay? Because she knew that it was bad." And he said, "Yep, yeah, but so and so is dead. I think yeah. that guy was a character, Jamie, something like that." Yeah, Jordy. Yeah, lots Jordy. of Jordies. Jordy. It's a yeah. Scottish name. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Is he one of the bugs? Maybe. I don't know. Cousin of the bugs. He says Jordy's dead, but Marsley's okay, and so yeah. is the baby. And then he says, uh, and Roger and Brianna are back. So... And Claire's just like, what? And he's like, didn't work. And then that's it. And then that's it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she returns home. Brianna comes up. What were you going to uh, say? Sorry, I was just going to say, and Jamie like looked so happy when he said it. Like He's like, they're back in their home. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he's happy because he wants Brianna and Jemmy, but also he knows that's better for Claire. Right. Right? 
He's like, I can offer you this time period. Mm-hmm. How do you like it? Your face looks brutal. Right. Um, but also, good news. The kids are back. <laughs> so that's cool, right? <laughs> so is this before or after? I can't remember where they reveal that out of everyone that Mr. That Brown is still alive. Right. Um, well, they Jamie says, remember, actually, it's Roger who says... Um, there are questions, right? right. Because well, someone, I think they're thinking about just killing John Quincy yeah. Myers. Yeah, he comes up and he's like, one's still alive and, and it just happens to be Brown. Yeah. And then Jamie looks at him and Roger's like, we do have some questions. Right, because Jamie was going to just kill him. But then Jamie said, just bring him because I want to get Claire home, which right. I really appreciate. Because if I'm Claire, I just want to get home too. Right. I'm not in the mood to like stay next to my tree while you now torture this man to get answers. Like, yeah. let's let's wrap this up here. Right. Let's wrap this portion of my life right up. So... He takes her home. Brianna comes running up, gives her a hug. Did nothing for me. Right. I don't know if it did anything for you. Sophie Skelton never does anything for me. But then Marsley walks up. Yeah. And the way she looks at Claire, like, first of all, the whole side of her face is bruised. Bruised, yeah, real fucked up. And she just reaches for her and they hold hands and then they hug. Yeah. And I got really welled up. And I thought to myself, here's the problem with bad casting is that it leaves, it separates me from the emotion every time Brianna's in a scene. Because Brianna coming up and hugging her mother should have been really emotional. But because the acting isn't there, it disassociates me from the episode. And then as soon as I saw Marsley, I was thinking, this is a a really impactful moment, right? Because you can read it on the actress's face. Yeah. So... It's just, you know, we've talked about it before, the strength of Lauren Lyle, and it really, it really stood out to me in this moment. And I was like, this is why, because people make fun of me for getting on the casting of Sophie Skelton, but it's only because I love the story. And this was a perfect example of how any scene with her in it takes me out of it. Yeah. It did nothing. Claire arrived, they hugged, nothing. She looks over and sees Marsley. I started like getting choked up. Yeah. Did you cry during that scene, Joe? I did not. Okay. Claire has a bath, and you pointed out that it was really good makeup. Yeah, like, she looks fucked up. And, like, in a real way. Like, the bruises look real. Yeah, like, it's not... It it was really good makeup, and... And uh, she was talking, like... She was talking, like, in a really... Well, her... As if she'd just been punched in the mouth. Yeah, her teeth were loose, and... Yeah, well, you said in the book she loses teeth. She loses some teeth, and they're loose in her mouth, and... Right. Yeah. But I don't know that she lost I was actually teeth. waiting. <laughs> Such a weird thing to wait for. I kept waiting for her to like spit out a tooth. Right. <laughs> like, why was I waiting for that? I don't know. I was already so disturbed. <laughs> Some of the, I bet you a lot of the bookies probably were. Yeah. I don't even know if she did it in the book. I just remember that there was a lot to do with teeth issues because they kicked her in the mouth so many times. Right. And it's just... Mm. Anyways. So... um. Jamie comes into the room after Claire's had a bath and he's, you know, he says, it, I'm sad looking at you. Um, and she then lists all the things that she survived. She said, I've lived through a world war. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I've lost our child and I've lost two husbands, which I thought was really. And then she says, and I, and I've survived. So, and I thought that was like strength of character, right? Because she's basically saying, and I'm going to survive this too. How did you think she did in this scene? 
I thought this was her when I was watching. And I was like, "This is your, this is your Golden Globes clip." Oh yeah. Yeah, like like this was her big emotional. Yeah. Monologue. Yeah. I think she did right. I thought she did too, but I also thought it was interesting that she said, "I've lost two husbands." Well, she did. Well, did she? I mean, she lost Jay Frey when she had to leave Scotland. But she, he's she he's there still. Yeah, but she didn't know or for think twenty she was years ever going she mourned, back, right? right? So yeah. she she grieved, for, right? Yeah. So she yeah. And then she lost. Big she friend. lost Frank a couple times, actually, right? She lost few him Franks. when she fell. Yeah. A few yeah. Franks when she fell back in time the first time she lost him. Right. And then she was sad about that for about a hot minute. Yeah. It was about half an hour until she met Jamie. Yeah, so that's right. Give her more credit. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she did lose Frank. And at that time, she didn't know Jay Frey was alive even. So that was losing her husband when Frank died in the car accident. Despite what kind of marriage it had become. Right. So she's considered herself a widow twice over. Then we have the next... We have a Roger and Brianna scene. And I don't like scenes between the two of them. And then I got annoyed that they didn't actually go into the future. Because I thought I would maybe find the scenes between these two guys more interesting if they were in the future. Yeah. And out of everything going on right now, we have this long scene because Roger feels bad that he killed someone. It was, again, like it felt so weird and tacked on and not relevant. And they don't have chemistry. And it's just awkward to see her put her arms around him because she doesn't like him. And the lights turn off and he's like, I killed a man. It's like everyone killed a man. That's what you were going to do. You were like everybody went, went with guns you said, and knives. I want to go. I want to go and to kill. kill the mans. Like it's like why you were so annoyed and you were like, what? She just shot a guy in the head perfectly in the last episode. Yeah, yeah like why is this a big example? Why is this a big fucking why did deal? That happen? I don't know. It's like just a waste. Like much like the majority of this season. I mean, he's it was a no, waste no, of our it's time. It's not a waste of our time. He's a minister's son. It's a character beat. That's all. Right? He's. He's a pacifist. But he already said he was going to kill Stephen Bonnet. You know, like he, he's, he's already made peace with <laughs> yeah. killing. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And it's also like, do you know what Claire went through right. today? Do you yeah. know what happened to her? But you feel bad because a man was about to stab you in the stomach. And you and stabbed, you stabbed him, first. him first. And right. you went to do it. Yeah, it's such a dumbass scene. Yeah. Glad I could win you over on that. Dumbass scene. No, it was. No, I felt like it was the first time I saw it. I don't know if it fell flat for anyone else, but sure did for me. So then we have Lionel Brown. He's lying in the in Claire's doctor's office. They've tied him down, and he's begging for mercy. Right. He's asking Marcely, and Marcely keeps saying, "Be quiet." Yeah. And he's like, "I want mercy," and she's like, "Why do you think you're here? Stop talking." Right. And uh, Claire comes in. And it's so interesting because you realize, and again, he's not giving these women credit. He's scared of Jamie. Right. Do you remember that? He's, he's like, like, please don't let your husband do anything to me. It's yeah. Like, no, you should be afraid of the women here. Right. And he's not. These, these aren't your standard women folk. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for yeah, like, like he's not, like he expect, like, why would he expect Claire to help him? I don't understand. Like that just shows, I guess, the arrogance well, and he expects Marsley to smile when she brings him food. Right. Yeah. Like, well, 
yeah so anyway the this scene though she i think claire thinks about killing i think she does too like she grabs the scalpel and i think she's trying to be strong right because right. she's like i am going to do this and interestingly enough she kind of tells uh marsley marsley how, how yeah. to how to do it and yeah she, she she just doesn't go through with it she says but, i will do you no harm and then she has a bit of a meltdown right she leaves the room she has a sad meltdown and marsley kills him she yeah. shoots him in the neck with the needle. Well, yeah, so the hemlock little poison sauce is, is already made, but this was this, this was Lauren Lyle's uh, Golden Globes moment. Because again, like Brown is just despicable, and uh. and basically this is where he starts getting like cocky, where he's mm -hmm. like, you know, you guys better treat me well, or my my brother's gonna come and burn you all down, mm -hmm. and, and basically just starts berating Marsley and. And she's had enough. She God has damn it. had enough. So yeah, she she basically says Claire took an oath, but I've been learning some shit, and I didn't take an oath, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna poison you to death. So and she does. She does poison him right to death. And Jay Frey walks in. Yeah. And she then she's a little overwhelmed because yeah. she's she's from the olden Still, days. So she says, yeah. "Am I gonna go to hell?" And she's basically having a panic attack. And he before, says, yeah. "Nothing to fear, lass." And I actually thought this was a sweet moment between them, and I thought. This is a reminder that he was her stepfather for a number of years, yeah. which they never have scenes together, right? right? She married True. Fergus and she's such a strong character that, I mean, she's in scenes with Jay Frey, but they don't have much of a connection, no, which true. is interesting because he referred to both Marsley and her sister. I can't remember what her sister's name is, but as his daughters. So it was nice that they had that moment together where he yeah. comforts her and he says nothing to fear. Then we have Jamie's voiceover. You were convinced it wasn't Sam Hughes. I am convinced it this is not Sam Hughes' voice. absolutely was. And if you wanted, I could compare other times. I know Sam Hughes' voice so well. I know, I know the different ways he speaks. And I can give you examples of when his voice sounds like that. Okay. When he does voiceovers, which he also did in, I think, episode eight of the first season... And he says, strange the things you remember. He repeats what Claire said in the right. pilot episode. I'll play it for you. I'll convince you. But you were, you were absolutely certain. that this wasn't Sam Hewn's voice. Anyway. Then Roger and Brianna walk arm in arm. They look great. They quote poetry. And they make the conclusion that we wanted the stones to take us home. And they did. So, uh. no. <laughs> now... Now we're aligned. Roger and Brianna are there to stay, to stay in quotation marks. Right. And um, and all is well. That's where their family is. That's where their home is. Right. Stupid. Claire's standing on the porch wearing right. a sweater. Looking, I will say, I mean, the bruises are clearing up a little bit, but she looks like a woman in her 50s. She's got a gray wig, yeah, no she, makeup. She looks like she's been through some shit lately. Yeah. For sure. And uh, she says that post is crooked. And you get the feeling it's the first thing she said to Jayfrey. <laughs> you glossed over the heavy-handed metaphor of the storm coming. Right, because Jayfrey takes Lionel's body. This is the other thing. Right. He takes his body oh, to yeah. Brownsville. But that's where Claire was traveling to. And it seemed like it was taking Claire and those men a long time to get to Brownsville. But yep. Jayfrey just got a horse, put the dead body over it, and clip-clopped his way over to, over to Brownsville, dumped it in front of what we learned is Maggie Smith's son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's such a good actor. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. And 
he says, you know, yeah, you did what you did. I, I get that, but I'm going to do what I'm, what I have to do as well. Right. So, okay. War is about to ensue. The two of them standing on the porch, the heavy handed metaphor of the storms, the coming. storms coming, storms are coming. It's like a frying pan over the head. Look out guys. Um, yeah. It, and then, yeah, the post is crooked. The post is crooked. Um, she then says, I love you. And he says, and I really need some book readers to help me, because he says, if my last words are not, I love you, you can, it's because I didn't have the time. So this is a, this is a major quote. This is a major Jamie quote from the books. If my last words are not, I love you, you can, it's because I didn't have the time. But it confused me because when he thought he was going to die in that snake bite episode and Roger's pulling him and Jamie says, tell Claire, I meant it. And I think he meant that he didn't have a chance to say, I love you to her. I don't know. So I'm just confused about that. Maybe someone can clear it up. The final scene of the episode. (laughs) Of the season. Of the season. Claire and Jamie in bed. Right. And he says, how are you feeling? And she said, safe. And the thunder rolls and the credits roll. Oh my God. You said, worst finale I've ever seen in my life. I think that you were just still sensitive about the fact that Roger and Brianna didn't actually travel through time. I don't think it was the worst finale. I don't think it was the best finale. I don't think that, um, I don't think that you gave it a fair trial because you were so thrown off by. I actually said, I don't know if this is in your notes, but I said, if I have some time to take a step back and think about this episode, I might change my opinion on it. So, 24 hours or so later, I can tell you, I know this is the worst finale <laughs> of television I've ever seen. I mean, in are life. you forgetting about Lost? Yeah, but at least that wrapped up a story. I in, mean, a, in a way that I didn't like, who cares? Okay. But like, I'm, I'm just talking about like show building. I'm talking about craft. Like, I'm talking about telling a story. Right? Like, this was such a disjointed back half of the season with it's like they just put shit in a blender and poured it out it's like a smoothie of crap like it's i don't i don't understand what they were doing like it makes no sense what would you give this episode out of negative 42 okay negative 42 that's right because you're that's silly you're being dramatic for the sake of drama um because there were a lot of things that you liked in this episode. There were. You there were. You really liked all of the, um, you know, the escapism in the 1970s I did. house. I liked all that for so sure. So it's not, I need you to give it an, a real. That was worth 40 points. But then everything else just drug drama, it under drama the queen. sea. Yeah, that's okay. right. I would give this 90 I think I'd give that's, it 90. It lost surprising. 10 points because of the Roger and Brianna thing. Really? That one... Oh, did the time travel or that one jackass scene at the end? Or all of it? I think... All, just all, their existence all, in the episode. I mean, I love, obviously, Richard Rankin. But, yeah, I... The... Just Roger and Brianna, I would say. They right. they, they lost they lost 10, 10, 10 points. strong points, yeah. 10 strong points. Uh, so... Well, who would you what was your favorite scene uh marshley killing brown okay yeah um uh, that was my favorite scene 
for a couple reasons because I feel like she was really good mm-hmm. from a storytelling standpoint. I also really liked it because they didn't really say it, but it was one of those things where I feel like Marsley gave Claire a chance to do it herself. Yeah. And when she realized that she, she wasn't couldn't. going to, mm-hmm. she was like, well, then I'm fucking going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like... For her. Well, not even for for her, but for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where... In her mind, this is how I inferred it. It's like, like the only person that had more right to kill that man than her was Claire. And yeah. Claire chose not to do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, fucking A, I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But then it's interesting because Jamie took it, took the body and was like, so I did this. Well, no, that's what the leader guy does. He yeah. takes, Jamie is a good leader. And he, he, you take responsibility for what your, your people do. Yeah. You know? And he was going to anyways. He, he would have done it eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And I think in the book he does do it. Um, so, okay. And what was my favorite scene, you ask? Um, I do ask. What I'll, is your favorite scene? I'll tell you. My favorite scene, I think, was when she was doing her escapism and Jamie came up and put the, the kilt around her. Yeah. And I thought... They are doing a lot of symbolism here. And the orange, did we even talk about the orange in the Faith episode? I think we did. The bunny, the orange, the vase. I think we've talked about it all. Least favorite scene. I think we agree. Yeah, it was when we found out that Roger and Brianna were... Really? Was that worse for you than I killed a man? Sorry, that was also stupid. I don't know. There's a lot of choices. Okay, Okay. great. Um, MVP. It's got to go to Katrina Balfe. I mean, yeah, how could it not her. be in good this episode? Like, she was, this was, you know, all the shit that I hate about this scene aside, like, this was a super disturbing episode with, you know, some really, truly disturbing things happening to Claire by some truly awful people. And um, she she acted the shit out of it. Like, she, yeah, she, she made it not only when it was happening... But the flashback stuff when she was like hate eyeing, you know, and oh. like why it was <laughs> happening while it was happening. And then, you know, all the traumatic, the post traumatic kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I know. Very convincingly. She's a really good actress. She's fantastic. She's she's carried this show from the beginning. And, you know, it was uh, even though it was subject matter wise, it was an awful episode. Um it it was a good episode in the sense that um the acting she, yeah she she really made it believable so there's a part of me that wonders if cuz you know you're like i don't know why they put this in this in this um season and why they would put it at the finale there's a part of me because season 5 or sorry book 5 the fiery cross like claire doesn't do a whole lot like for for the heroine of the story she doesn't have a lot to do and i'm wondering if katrina Balfe was like give me something in this entire season where claire is actually the subject of what's happening give me one thing yeah and they're I'm, like how about a gang rape in the forest we could move that right up for season five so you you asked me how would i do this season differently yeah um because i hate when people like crap on things but then don't say how they would do it mm-hmm. um so what i would have done is i would have made the whole first half of this season the Stephen Bonnet arc. Okay. You go, like, get rid of... Sextage. Uh, what, yeah. I mean, whatever. Compress all that shit down. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the Murtaugh thing in there, too. Mm, you, but yeah. 
but that that could kind of flow through somehow, but as a as more of a secondary plotline. But the Bonnet one is a pretty big one, right? Like mm-hmm. so, you basically wrap that up in the first half, or or so, and then have the second half be this Browns plotline. You know, you could introduce the Browns early, but like like if you, like it needed more build up or something. Like it just seems so. Ad, well, we'd like, seen them a few the... times, though. There was a buildup. We saw them during the battle. Yeah. And when he stomped on her penicillin. Yeah. But, there but, was a buildup. No, but I just mean that this big... To, to do the whole, like... They kidnap her in the last, like, one second of the second last episode. And then the whole... Then the finale is is this, like, bottle episode rescue. I don't know. I just feel like it was tacked on to the end of the season. Yeah. Like, the bonnet thing... Could have been the end, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Them traveling through time should have been the end. Like, yeah. that's where the season should have ended. That, like, last season, or sorry, last episode should have been the finale. That's a finale. Yeah. It wraps up. It wrapped up the story. Bonnet was dead. It leaves on a, you know, they travel through time. Claire's kidnapped. You know, the kids, like, they took mom, they took mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Granny. granny, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cut to black, end of the season. Holy shit, what's going to happen? I want to watch the next finale. Or, or sorry, next I know when the next premiere. premiere. Mm-hmm. Like, where do they go in time? What the fuck's going on with Claire? Oh my God, I'm concerned about Claire. Mm-hmm. Did they travel? Blah, 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 blah. You got all this, like, Droughtlander. People are talking, people are talking. What's what's going on next season? Yeah. Who knows? Are they just still lying in bed? <laughs> like, like, there's... Well, people watch it for... To watch I guess. I guess. The two I of guess. Them like, lie in bed. like that's what I, you're right. You're totally right. But you know what I mean. Like it doesn't. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening. That's like, true. Like, it didn't the, propel the story forward in any way. The the series could end right now, and it wouldn't matter, right? Like there's no there from a from a show watcher's point of view, there's no more story necessary. Bonnet's dead. Brown's dead. You know, like. But you know revenge is coming. Maybe. And you Who know knows? the American Revolution but is like, coming. But like all the bad guys are gone. Yeah, the American Revolution is coming. But I'm not, I can't remember when the American Revolution starts. Like, I guess there'll be years. Like, who knows? Like, like all the, all the plot lines are tied up. Like there's like, what what's going to happen? Next? What's, what do you think is going to happen in the, in the premiere? Is it going to be the, the Browns? Is that what it's going to be? Like, Jamie I don't know. Versus I the have Browns? no idea because I'm. The Baptist I'm, Browns are already dead. I'm off the books now. Right. Like I, I just. That's what I mean by this is a, there was a horrible finale. Yeah. Because it's, and again, like it starts with like, this would have been a great, again, a great premiere mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, we go, we rescue Claire, we do all this stuff, we fight some people, but we kill Brown. Storm's blah, blah, blah. coming. Yeah, storm's coming. We drop the, we take the body and the guy's like, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then it like sets up the rest of the season is like, they're clashing with the Browns. Right. But it's like, I don't know. Anyway. Well, and Fuckery. and the tra- the tragedy is that um, it's going to be a long, long time yeah. until season six, longer than we've ever had to wait. So I actually did a little bit of research. Season one, the finale was on May thirtieth, twenty fifteen, and then less than a year later, season two, the first episode began, April 9th. So we waited from May thirtieth, twenty fifteen. To April 9th, twenty sixteen. Right. You and I saw the season two premiere in a movie theater because I won that contest. Yeah, you won a contest. We got yeah. to see it in the theater in right. Toronto. It was very exciting. Season two finale was on July 9th. Yeah. So July 9th, twenty sixteen. We had to wait over a year till September tenth, twenty seventeen. Right. 
And that was The Battle Joined, which was the last episode ever written by Ronald D. Moore. Right. Season three finale was December 10th, 2017. And then we had to wait again, less than a year for the season four first episode on November 4th. So they are constantly like they're they're very much already halfway through at least like they've completed the writing by the time the other they're not they haven't even even started started. season five oh no season four finale january 27th 2019 this season started february 16th so about a year we waited Mm -hmm. it's may 10th 2020 guys yeah i feel like it's gonna be 2022 January 2022 I mean who knows if they don't come up with a vaccine oh yeah I mean never mind all the other horrible things that not having a vaccine for COVID (laughs) like so many things will happen but like guys Outlander won't be able to shoot season six what a shame yeah it's uh it's true though like who knows when there's going to be another season of Outlander it's going to be a while so it's tragedy just breaks my heart every day okay my mvp was also katrina boff oh good yeah sorry i didn't ask yeah no problem um so so that's a season in the books guys that's a season in the books what are we gonna do for droughtlander meg i mean i say we just keep watching season one and recapping it and season two perhaps alternatively Mm -hmm. um if you want guys throw out some other shows because I'm open to it. We might not do it, but I'm curious. I just want to know what you're watching. Yeah. I want to know what you think. Maybe we'll try it. I mean, who knows? But I, I'm just curious. Because anything that gets me out of watching more Outlander, I'm interested in. So so <laughs> th- throw something out there. But I just, I'm just curious. If you want us to recap something else, I'm open to it. Okay. And thanks for listening to us on this podcast. It's yeah. been fun watching with everyone. No, it's been great. And I feel like... Uh, we, we've got a really, you know, it's a it's a small niche corner of the Outlander universe. Uh, we're, we're probably not to everyone's taste nope. in the Outlander nope. universe, and I can understand why. I still don't know why people listen to us, to be honest. But, uh, but hey, happy you're here. Yeah, very okay. happy. And we really hope that you tune in when Droughtlander finally ends. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Hey, hey, hey.